why would we lose track of a patient after discharge when actually the recovery journey is about to start for real? Welcome to this episode of the HIMSS 21 Changemaker podcast series, a HIMSS cast production. My name is Mike Milliard, I'm executive editor of Healthcare IT News, and this is a series of interviews with some of the recipients of this year's HIMSS Changemakers and Health Awards, meant to recognize leaders worldwide who are harnessing information and technology toward better health outcomes. I'm here today with uh, Franz Van Houten, who is the chief executive officer of Philips. And this past summer, HIMSS recognized Franz for his commitment to embracing and integrating information and technology across the health continuum, identifying and tackling healthcare challenges and driving new technologies and digital transformation of healthcare to improve patients' lives. Most notably, over the past 10 years, Franz has helped steer Philips, a 130-year-old company from a diversified conglomerate into a focused healthcare technology leader with products and solutions that span the health continuum from healthy living and prevention to diagnosis, treatment, and home care. And even more recently, uh, Franz has significantly stepped up Philips, Philips' activities in informatics and data science. So uh, here, we're going to talk about that and more. So welcome, Franz. Thank you for being here, and, and congratulations on the Changemaker Award. Well, thanks very much, uh, Mike. Uh, I'm really honored to be recognized uh, among the winners of the inaugural HIMSS Changemaker and Health Awards. Uh, it's, it's great. It's a deep passion of mine to be in this business. And then to get this award really gives me a lot of uh, pleasure. And congratulations to all the other change makers. We need a lot of help in this world. Absolutely. Um, so you have been CEO since 2011, correct? So, you know, about a decade now. Um, and I was hoping we could start briefly about that decision you made, you know, 10 years ago to kind of pivot Philips from, you know, all your consumer products and your, you know, you know very diversified portfolio of technologies and, um, and, you know, devices and, and focus on healthcare. You know, why did you feel that that was a choice that had to be made? Yeah, Philips, uh, as you mentioned, was at that time already an old company, 120 years at that time. And uh, it was an incredible innovation um, DNA but not with a lot of focus. And if you dip your toes in everything that moves, then you're not necessarily making an impact. And um, I wanted to bring Philips back to real relevance in the world. Um, and we've, we said that requires doubling down on a more narrow scope. And so we, uh, we uh, exited, for example, our lighting business as well as our consumer electronics business, and we focused entirely on health technology which for me is a very um, uh, rewarding area to be in. Clearly, societal challenges are big, you know, ranging from access to care, to the affordability of care, to the, to the effectiveness and, you know, and population health. And, and it's our deep conviction that innovation can make a, a huge difference. Uh, but it is not an easy challenge, and therefore doubling down is, uh, I think, has been a very wise strategy. It has given us a much deeper relationship uh, with the healthcare customers and, and uh, ministries of health. And so I think this is an area where we can really contribute uh, to the future of the world. I've, I've seen you mention that change management, obviously, for a, a major um, transformation like that w was key to having it you know, be successful. Uh, Philips is a big company, a complex company, and, and, and that was a pretty significant sea change in the way that you guys did business. Healthcare organizations you know, large and small of all shapes and sizes across the U.S. and around the world 
are you know having to deal with some pretty significant change management of their own um, these days as they embrace digital transformation and, and you know leverage technology to improve you know their outcomes and their cost efficiencies and all that. You know, what lessons do you think could be learned from your you know change management experience at, at Philips, and, and how can they help healthcare organizations here? I may bring up a, a metaphor here, but you know, uh, large organizations always have a risk to be the proverbial frog that gets boiled in in the pan and not realizing it, right? And then at some point you wake up and the world around you has has changed. Um, for big organizations to to shift, uh, it requires uh, a very strong uh, leadership, but also strong strong followership, and that can only come about when you um, start setting a north star. Uh, that is compelling, um, but also one where you drive through with force. Um, so clear direction, courageous leadership, a willingness to make tough decisions, and then following through. And I always say leadership is not just the CEO. Leadership is the other people that join you in that journey, right? Because it takes a lot of people to change a large organization. Sure. Um, I also believe, therefore, that getting the right people on the bus, again, maybe the proverbial bus, is very important because alone, who are you as a CEO? You know, alone, you're nothing, but it, you, you have to make conscious changes in your team of people who share your passion, who share the North Star, and then you go on a journey together, right? a journey of change. And again, here, quite a lot of organizations are so engrossed in the day-to-day perform tasks that they don't have the mind space to really plot out that change journey, right? But leadership will have to spend a lot of time to actually go from A to B. uh, And therefore, you know, you need to actually delegate some of the day-to-day chores and free up some of your leadership capacity to then move the organization on that transformation journey to the North Star. Um, Which also means that you need to look at your time and agenda management, because if you're only in the day-to-day and you're swamped, then you never get to to take the organization along on such a uh, multi-year transformation journey. Good advice there. So, you know, as you look back over the past decade or so, you know, I'm guessing that you uh, believe and are are fairly convinced that this was the correct decision to make. Uh, Clearly, it's been a success. Um, What are some of the, you know, achievements uh, over the past 10 years that you're kind of especially proud of or gratified by that Philips has done in the healthcare space? Yeah, on the company side, I, I'm proud that we have successfully transformed Philips uh, into uh, a health technology company, but also that we have been shifting from a focus on products to a focus on solutions. Mm-hmm. We realize that nobody wants to have innovation for innovation's sake or technology for technology's sake. Uh, and we adopted um, the health continuum. We adopted the quadruple aim as, as filters to judge innovation. So no innovation will leave our door unless it demonstrates uh, better health outcomes, better patient and staff experience, and better health productivity. Right? And that creates then uh, health economic impact for our customers. Uh, so we take pride in um, siding with the customer, partnering for the longer term, because we know that the transformation journey in healthcare is not like, okay, I buy a piece of technology. Right? It is about changing your ways of working, your operating model. And we believe that partnering is the way to get that done. And we have won 
Um, so many partnerships over the last uh, several years, um, hundreds and hundreds of customers that see eye to eye with us on what that change journey needs to be. And then to be invited into the C-suite of the providers and to say, you know what, we, we pull on the same side of the rope. Um, and we, we also then go in a business model that is more outcome based, right? Uh, instead of, again, as I said, selling technology. Uh, so that for me is the rewarding uh, change. Um, I think we still have further steps to take, but I'm very proud of, of that achievement. Um, and I hear from customers that they find this extremely relevant for them. And that that is the reason why the C-suite of a provider actually wants to engage with, with a partner, uh, not because I, you, you know you have a piece of technology. So that uh, is something that places us very strongly for the future. Uh, perhaps another one, if I may um, emphasize, is that we have also been investing an enormous amount into informatics mm -hmm. uh, because we realize that it is not about the image. It's about interpreting that image, making it relevant for clinical decision-making, uh, and then getting to a first-time right treatment. Right? And the same applies to, to how you enable the patient journey, whether it's in the hospital or out. Right? Enable that through uh, uh, care, care orchestration, command centers, uh, data at your fingertips that empowers a care team to be productive and the patient to, to feel well-supported. Um, all of that takes a very holistic approach, right? And so we have also torn down the silos between our business units uh, to, to enable, let's say, this continuum of care uh, supported by technology platforms. Um, it has been a, a massive changeover, but now we see the growth rates coming through because of customers really responding to that strategy. Excellent. What have been some challenges along the way? I'm sure this has not been an entirely smooth journey. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a major undertaking. And, and you mentioned that there are some spots where you still feel like you have some work to do. You know, what have been some challenges and what are some areas where you're hoping to focus on in the, in the, in the near term future? Of course, you can, you can look at your own organization, but I, I can also look at healthcare in general. And perhaps I would prefer to give a few comments on, on the world of healthcare, which sure. Uh, I'm sure we would recognize that. Uh, it's not necessarily the fastest changing environment. And with a very ambitious strategy to transform along the continuum of care and to bring in new business models, but also to bring AI and data science into healthcare, uh, you have to overcome a lot of question marks or resistance. And uh, I think th this is still um, a challenge today. Uh, over the years of, for example, RSNA in Chicago, I've seen people becoming more orientated towards uh, AI and likewise at HIMSS, you know, we have been seeing uh, a growing interest, uh, but it is not a, um, it is a gradual process. And I think that is another example of, of change management. I, I would also say that healthcare has quite some legacy um, and uh, an ingrained uh, incentives. Uh, that perhaps stand in the way of adopting change. And therefore, a CEO or a C-suite will also have to look at, uh, at, at those incentives. Are they pointing in the direction of travel or, or do you need to change them? Uh, because to get tens of thousands of people uh, to march in the same direction um, is a leadership challenge that needs to be overcome. Right? And, and part of the incentives, of course, are imposed by 
and governments and uh, and reimbursement systems, right? That uh, whereas we all understand how population health can be improved or value-based healthcare should be enabled, that doesn't mean it comes uh, easy as you need to escape from some of the check the shackles of of past practice. Absolutely, and that actually kind of feeds into the other question I was going to ask. You know, we're talking at an interesting time. We're talking in these sort of 10-year chunks, you know, I guess because you've been CEO, you know, since 2011. But uh, we look backwards and, you know, you mentioned healthcare's slowness to change. Uh, your decision to, to kind of pivot Philips uh, came at an interesting time. You know, in the U.S. at that point, we were having massive federal investment in, you know, the Meaningful Use Program, as I'm sure you know, and, you know, getting, you know, electronic health records, basic, you know, IT off the ground. And here we are 10 years later. And do you feel like we're at a pivotal moment where, you know, all that work has been done over the past decade and now it's time to kind of build off that and really innovate and kind of zoom forward into the future? Well, at least um, it's an example that when there is clarity of what needs to be done, it gets done, right? So now everybody has electronic medical records. Now you can, of course, debate whether the the EMR is now fully effective uh, and perhaps not. Um, I think COVID is an interesting case study uh, because, of course, it's horrible what it did to to people and it has overloaded caregivers. Um, But there's also a lesson to be learned in it because it created actually a burning platform for change. Mm -hmm. As we talk about change management, a burning platform is often a good catalyst for change. And so it was, right? I mean, we saw overnight the adoption of telehealth, uh, the acceleration of remote consultations. Um, and actually the realization that care also can be provided through these kind of technologies. And I think that it has been a catalyst uh, of the adoption for uh, connected care. And also we see now quite a few hospitals saying maybe we need to decentralize some of the care. Uh, We see ambulatory care centers come up. Uh, which turn out to be closer to the community, but perhaps also uh, uh, less costly. Uh, so uh, there, there are certainly now uh, some accelerated changes happening, uh, which uh, I think were partly unlocked by the crisis. And with that, also informatics have become in the spotlight. I've also had some very interesting conversations with CEO of providers mm-hmm. uh, who, who realize very much that it is not companies like Philips that become an informatics company, but in fact, providers that realize that they need to embrace data as the next era uh, of change instead of buildings right? or instead of bedside. Right? Right. So I think this, is, uh, this realization is really induced by uh, the last uh, two years. Uh, and it bodes well for um, what we want to achieve at HIMSS Right, with uh, using uh, AI, big data, uh, informatics platforms to redefine how care is being delivered. Mm-hmm. I see also a great future for precision health uh, as, as we bring multiple data sources together and we can come to a much more integral view of a patient, compare that to a digital twin, and know patients like you, uh, and then tap into all the knowledge that is there about treatment pathways for those categories of patients. And I have a vision of of practitioners being much more uh, supported in their decision-making by, let's say, that body of knowledge that is out there, but historically has not always been accessible. EMRs did not really help the clinical decision-making 
yeah. they were primarily a system of record. Right? I see a future uh, that is AI and data science uh, enabled where we get a system of engagement that is context specific to the situation that the patient is in right? and, and provides the right information. I can even give you an example. Right, We have this uh, phenomenal um, oncology informatics package that brings together pathology, genomics, radiology, longitudinal data, as well as social determinants. And then you can start taking a much more holistic and integrated view of the cancer uh, and how you should treat it. And then you come to a pathway selection that has the highest probability of success. Uh, And all that supported uh, with clinical decision-making tools. It will democratize, in my view, cancer care uh, beyond the the high-standing institutions. um, That's just one area uh, that I see breakthroughs thanks to data, data science, and informatics. That's excellent. Yeah, and you know we're recording this uh, in late November. Uh, RSNA is coming up. I'm sure that's that's uh, you know going to be on your busy to do list for sure. But you're noticing some shifts as, as the, in conversation. It's not just about imaging anymore. It's about the whole ecosystem of you know of data and and uh, and uh, informatics as you, as you mentioned. Um, what else do you see uh, as far as advances in imaging? You know, we've we've talked a bit about it, but uh, you know, as we look forward, you know, do you see you know continuing evolution in how you know radiology and and, and all the accompanying you know imaging disciplines uh, will be presented? Yeah, I see advances in uh, the use of AI in uh, in the whole workflow of radiology. But by the way, also of digital pathology that can make that much more efficient, uh, much better patient experience. Let's not forget that the technology of imaging is only 20% of radiology cost at all. And that if you start uh, applying virtual radiology environment, you can actually be much more efficient. It's like uh, hotel beds. In fact, you can schedule the the utilization of every time slot. I also envisage that uh, AI will make for dynamic imaging. In other words, uh, when a patient is on the, in the scanner and you detect a lesion, that through dynamic protocols, you actually can direct even more um, imaging time to the area of interest instead of determining later on that you needed a second scan and then having to ask the patient to come back. Right? So you get to a first-time right imaging thanks to native AI in the imaging modality. Now, another, uh, we could discuss uh, also the out-of-hospital care, because there, I think, connected care and AI uh, will also change the way healthcare is practiced. I mean, why would we lose track of a patient after discharge when actually the recovery journey is about to start for real? Uh, right. And you can support that, that recovery journey from a clinical point of view, from an operational point of view, but also from a behavioral point of view. I think that's super interesting because you start integrating um, multiple dimensions of the care pathway, um, Mm -hmm. which you can constantly fine-tune because you can measure impact. So I envisage a future whereby patients are uh, continuously monitored also after discharge in support of dealing with their chronic disease. And then you can fine-tune the support to that patient. You can actually even induce... Uh, carrots, uh, carrots and stick in a way to to nudge behavioral improvements on, for example, compliance or diet or exercise. Uh, and all the time, the doctor as a coach can keep track of these patients. 
Right? And then through a command center, you can actually manage whole cohorts of patients without them necessarily having to come back to, to the hospital. So, you know, I, I asked this to, to a lot of folks I talked to just because I'm curious. You know, when you look ahead, um, you know, far into the future, are there some, you know, nascent, you know, new emerging technologies that you, we haven't quite discussed yet that you are particularly excited about uh, that, you know, maybe some of your space age, you know, top secret R&D is, 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 is probing now or uh, are, are you kind of focused on it? We, we, uh, we talked about some, of course. I mean, let's not forget that data science is still in, in its infancy for healthcare okay. and therefore it's still a promise to be fully unlocked. There will be a learning curve that everybody needs mm-hmm. to go on. Uh, we need to make sure that there is no bias and that it is all trustworthy. So there's, I, th- I think the next 10 years is a learning curve to scale on data science. So that would be one. Now, the second one that, that uh, I would like to mention is uh, the move to the cloud. Right? I mean, many hospitals are on-premise, and um, that while that felt comfortable, um, it's not really scalable when you imagine the mass expansion of the, uh, of the data. I mean, think about digital pathology and many other things. Um, moreover, as care is going to be more virtual uh, at different locations, and you get care coordination across multiple locations you really need to embrace the cloud. So I, I would say uh, we will see the shift of uh, much of what happens on-premise to be unlocked through the cloud, maybe in a hybrid way, partly cloud on-premise and maybe cloud native. And then the third uh, kind of trend that I see is a continue, a further miniaturization of technology, uh, mm-hmm. even to the extent that it is on the body, uh, invisible, wearables, Wearables that you can shower with, wearables that have, let's say, energy harvesting, no batteries, um, and that are always connected to that cloud. Um, with much more continuous monitoring on multiple parameters, right? that give real insight. And then, of course, in the cloud, we'll have the AI to make sure that doctors don't get overwhelmed by too much data, but rather it gets properly stratified. Uh, so don't, don't, no, I've mentioned three big trends that I think uh, is something to chew on. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff to, to look forward to. Um, you know, we mentioned the pandemic and how it's, it's, it's caused um, some changes in, in the way, you know, folks on the provider side and certainly, you know, on, on the, you know, market solution side as well, you know, are, are thinking, you know, did the, did the pandemic change any plans or, or, you know, assumptions that you guys had at Philips, uh, you know, they talk about never wasting a crisis. And certainly this is the kind of, you know, thing they're talking about. Um, did, were there some, you know, plans that you had at Philips that perhaps um, were, you know, shifted perhaps because of, of COVID-19? And if so, um, how are you, you know, looking to the, towards the future as we hopefully someday soon put this, you know, behind us and, and move towards a sort of new normal? Well, I, I think one thing that uh, we realized is the uh, the need for speed during a crisis like COVID, and uh, we we saw the need to massively ramp up uh, acute care equipment as well as uh, um, telehealth solutions and roll that out. And uh, actually, it was amazing that that was possible. Right, so what normally would have taken a year or two years, we we were able to do in eight weeks. Now, you would only wish right, that we can all retain that agility because that's beautiful, right? And uh, faster decision-making, mobilization of people, uh, it's something to, to remember. Um, a second observation is that um, 
and I mentioned it, it is the acceleration or the, the, the uh, how COVID was a catalyst of change yeah. and, uh, and, the, and it helped the adoption of telehealth and, uh, and big data. And people realized also to fight the pandemic, data is super important. So I think we turned the corner as a society uh, on the acceptance that uh, health data and the way you manage it is, is critical. And uh, so I, I see that as a very positive. And for us, it was a confirmation that strategy-wise, we were on the right path. Right? So we have had many discussions with our board. And, but basically, we said the strategy that we were on is spot on. And uh, let's now double down on, uh, on executing that. Unless you have any closing thoughts or any big topics that I haven't touched upon, I think this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk to us. And uh, just want to congratulate you again on, on being a HIMSS changemaker. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mike. And uh, I would wish for uh, everybody listening that uh, while change is hard, change is fun. Uh, and it all starts with taking a step uh, and then taking others along. Uh, and if ever I can share, let's say, uh, my experience on, on transformations, then I would be so happy to do that. That's terrific. Thank you, Franz. It was great to meet you and great to talk to you. Great. Thank you very much, Mike.